Welcome to the JAG podcast. My name is Anthony, and for those new to JAG, it stands for the Joint Advisory Group on GI Endoscopy. We were founded in 1994 and have been aiming to improve GI endoscopy services ever since. This podcast will aim to help you and your service understand more about JAG and the elements of becoming accredited. Today, we'll be joined by Lee Donnelly, who is the Educational and Service Development Lead and Endoscopy Sustainability Lead for Northumbria Healthcare NHS Foundation Trust. That's a big, long title. It's a lot of words for me to get in, Lee. But how are we today? Are you okay? I'm great. Thank you very much for inviting me, Anthony. Not a problem. I've been excited about this one for a little while. I've um, been trying to get you on here for for a good few months. Um, I think it's going to be a great, great conversation and great bit of information for people as well. Um, so I've already given you, uh, well, the listeners, a little bit of a preview into who you are. Do you want to just delve into your role within Northumbria Healthcare and just give it a little bit more info? Yeah, so it, I've got quite a varied role. So my title um, is really a lot about education and development. Um, so I support all the nursing teams across our five endoscopy units with their professional education and their professional development. But I also work as training lead for the trust, which means that um, I look after all the education needs of the trainee endoscopist, both medical and non-medical. The development side as well comes into um, a little bit about sort of strategy. So I develop all the policies, the protocols and raise the profile of the unit as we go along. It's a kind of a vast amount of work that you do there. Five endoscopy units, it must be quite busy. It is. It's, it's a it's a huge um, uh, amount of work, and because we're across a large geographical area in Northumberland, um, it does become quite difficult because some of our units are spaced between sort of fifty and thirty five miles apart. So it's often quite quite a challenge. Yeah, I can imagine. So the the introduction of teams and things like that makes it a lot easier for yourselves. Um, it's made it a lot easier. <laughs> so sustainability just to add on top of of that role how did you uh, how did you get involved in sustainability was it kind of a uh, a passion that you, you kind of picked up along the way yeah so it was always something you know i'm sort of interested in i, I you know i love um the environment which we live in i really love nature and it was actually during covid that sort of realized actually how much waste we were disposing of with all the ppe and it's sort of one of those strange things that you think, well, we've never really looked at this or, or never really thought about it at all. Um, so I started very simply by just um, introducing um, a recycle bag and said, look, why don't we try recycling? And that was actually how it all started. Um, I wasn't sustainability lead at that point. It, that just sort of developed as, as we sort of became more um, sustainable. You're obviously you're based up in Northumberland, so kind of a kind of uh, you just mentioned there maybe some rural areas and stuff. So you, it's probably quite understandable how you you kind of look around and going on. Oh, this is probably worth worth protecting. And I think there was a lot in in COVID where you know there wasn't a vast amount of PPE, like you say, a vast amount of plastic being used and and probably being wasted. It was quite quite shocking at times when you'd see oh there wasn't just a the usual uh, litter on the floor. There was also masks and and, and things like that. Um, how how have you found it since you you've took it up? How have you how have you found that like challenge? Is it is it gone easily or is it because obviously you've been named sustainability lead, so must be doing something pretty good. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, it hasn't been easy. Um, I'll say that uh, first and foremost. Um, the the most difficult thing is actually challenging behaviours and changing cultures um, is, is the most difficult thing um, far beyond actually introducing new ideas to be more sustainable. Um, you know, as everyone's aware, the NHS is very much um, overworked at the moment. Um, coming out of the pandemic, everyone's really quite exhausted. And then sort of adding on top that you're asking people to um, be more mindful about their waste and actually actively being involved in, in sorting waste and things like that just seems like we're adding another another layer onto their already busy workload. Um, but um, the further on we've gone through it, the, the more enthusiastic people have become um, and I think the key issue was we started quite small um, rather than huge sweeping changes and it was just sort of the little things that didn't um, sort of seem too bad um, and a lot of things that we have implemented actually haven't involved the workforce at grassroots level because we've changed strategically how we do things like sort of major things such as, um, you know, having sustainability as part of um, where endoscopy user group is, is a standing item, um, changing the way that we'll look at how we issue endoscopy reports to be more digital, um, looking at um, digital ways of um, providing patient information and patient feedback. Um, those sort of things have been quite instrumental in the changes and hopefully haven't impacted too much on the on the team on the work uh, and doing the work and there's a there's a lot of information as well isn't there around um sustainability and a lot of it i think for i'd say personally myself for like a kind of average joe looking on the inside looking the outside in it, it's hard to understand what to do first so how did you obviously you said you made small little changes obviously that helped but have you found it a little bit confusing at times to know what kind of path to take down in, in terms of being able to obviously you've got this this ideal image of what sustainability would look like but how it practically works within a, a service yeah so that's a really good question um it's practically it is very difficult um and the changes are completely different to what you envisage um that they're going to be so even in the beginning when we just started in, in reducing sort of um uh, waste segregation, improving waste segregation. So basically, um, our first project was was looking at what can we recycle, what do we need to make sure goes into domestic waste and what goes into clinical waste. That was really quite a challenge. Um, and one of the things was that the local re um, council recycling facility um, gave us mi mixed messages about what they were happy to take as recycling. So um, that sort of impacted a little bit on motivation because we were saying we need to recycle these things and then the next week we are saying, well, actually, no, we don't recycle those things. We need to recycle something else. So that was quite difficult. Um, and, of course, just, just going through through the teeth and problems. Um, and it's about just being a little bit more mindful um, about what you, you do do because we actually all do this at home. So... I wasn't asking for what to do that much different at work. Um, one of the things I wished I had done was take um, visual records of the amount of waste or what was going into the into the waste because 
you know, there was, you know, food items like banana peels and clinical waste and, you know, all sorts of things like that. And I wished I had taken photographs to, to demonstrate where we were and how far we've come because I think that's a really good indicator to show teams, you know, the good aspect in, in what we're doing. Absolutely. I think, yeah, always looking back and reflecting and seeing where you've maybe gone wrong or maybe done something right and, and, and praising it. I assume a lot of it is about motivation, isn't it, to, to kind of stick to it. It feels like a, it's a change in culture, as you say, so it's a change in lifestyle. It's similar to taking sugar out of your tea. It's a, it's a similar thing. It can be really hard. You can't envisage it, but it, it, when you start doing it, you reflect and, and look back and go, oh, I've, I've done all right there. You have done a lot of work over the last couple of years and it's kind of been rewarded for yourself you've been able to be invited to a number of different conferences i've i've been involved in in some of your national green champions meetings which we'll come on to in a, in a little bit um how is how was that um you know being invited to go to to different places and talk about something that that you, you you're really passionate about Oh, that's been a, a fantastic experience and, a, and it's been a life experience for me. Um, I never envisaged that this this would happen um, when I started it and I certainly wasn't didn't have the intention that you know that I would um, sort of be on the national um, committees and things like that for green endoscopy. That certainly wasn't the intention when I started. It was very much um, focused on on the small things that I could do within our unit it, and it's been amazing to see the enthusiasm and I've done these um, conferences all over the world now um, both in person and, and digitally and the the enthusiasm has been incredible and you know managing to get things off the ground that previously weren't there before so in Europe and things like that we've, we've really started to get that motivation going um, again in places um, like Australia and New Zealand uh, they have started green champions um, and they have started a green endoscopy movement as well so that's been hugely rewarding and again just just fantastic experience for me um, and the fact that um, we've managed to get um, European and national consensus off the ground is is actually brilliant. It means that everyone has a has a source of reference now that they can use, which wasn't there before when I started. Um, which is which again is great. But there's a lot more to do. We're very much at the tip of the iceberg, so to speak, on on where we've what we've started with. Yeah, it is amazing to, to see that something that probably wasn't quite clear to everyone in, in different hospitals is now starting to be a little bit more joined up and, and kind of thinking along the same lines and thinking how you can improve things. And, and obviously those national those national meetings, those conferences really do help. And you mentioned that um, Australia, places like New Zealand and, and in Europe are, are starting to pick it up. We also have to mention that JAG have also kind of picked it up as well. Uh, we we recently included a sustainability standard in our global rating scale, uh, which requires the service to have a green endoscopy working group to reduce the environmental impact of the service and initiate at least one environmental initiative. So that's uh, our standard on that. At the moment, it's an A standard, so it's exemplary. So it's not mandatory for for accreditation I must repeat that if anyone's listening and panicking um, but how do you see that helping in the future 
Well, it's a great initiative to to get started. Um, first of all, and what it does is it um it actually raises the point and creates that question and hopefully creates a discussion within the unit. As you say, it is an exemplary um A standard, so it's not mandatory at all to pass. Um, however, but if units want to be become gold standard and exemplary, it will be something that they will look at and hopefully it just raises that discussion amongst the endoscopy management team. Yeah, myself, absolutely. Myself personally would like to see Jack go a little bit further um, and uh, with that, but I think that's very much in the future. Yeah, I, I assume it is. Um, I hope it is as well because I think it's a good, um, it's a good initiative and it's a good thing to to have as part of part of your service. And the reason that is is because the NHS uh, are aiming to reduce their carbon footprint for emissions uh, that they can control and influence by eighty percent uh, between twenty twenty eight and twenty thirty two. If I've got that slightly wrong, then please do correct me. What do you think? This is probably quite a, a big question. Well, what do you think are the biggest challenges to are to achieving that target? I think, um, well, firstly, I think not enough um, NHS staff know about it. I think it's not not as um, sort of discussed as openly as it should be, um, and certainly the net zero by uh, twenty forty um, for for the NHS. And, and there's lots of reports out there, but there isn't enough sort of idea around it so education has to be key um it has to it has to come first and foremost and there are some um interesting uh, modules on e-learning for health um which anyone can access via the internet and they're, they're really good but again they're not mandatory um so i think organizations are going to have to go a little bit further um since this um became introduced all um NHS trusts have a, a sustainability lead, I'm endoscopy sustainability lead, but they actually have a whole trust sustainability lead. And I don't think many people know about that as well. So meeting with the sustainability lead is really important and they can share initiatives. Um, but I do think more publicity has to be done. And maybe things like this podcast and, and things can help just encourage other other specialities within the NHS to take this forward. Because I think personally for um Jack, uh, the BSG, um, for gastroenterology, endoscopy, hepatology, I think, and theatres, I have to say, have done really quite well so far, but there are other units that, that obviously need to pick up the mantle. Yeah, absolutely. It's obviously a collective effort, isn't it? It's, it's one of those things where you've got to work together and it can take a while, as, as, as we've said. Have you ever... Um... Have you ever envisaged what it would look like? You know, these targets come out and people go, oh, we've got to do this. But what does it actually look like? We spoke about practicality before. Um, have you ever had a, a little glimpse into the future and think, oh, I wonder what that would look like with 80% less? I think that is a really good question. I probably haven't thought that far ahead, actually. Um, but I think things will look quite different and I think a lot of the practices that we do now will have to to change and I think a lot of that will have to come from industry um, because we need to challenge greener credentials of companies we need to challenge packaging um, all of those sorts of things I think we'll be looking at um, for example because you know uh, uh, as I mentioned earlier it's a large geographical area that 
that are um, practicing we have to look at um sort of miles the patients have to travel so it's about sort of having services nearer to them rather than them traveling out to us it's about virtual healthcare, virtual clinics. So I think we'll see a lot more of those types of things, um, a lot more uh, virtual triage and outpatient appointments and those sorts of things. Yeah, I think those things kind of worked pretty well during the pandemic and it was yeah. it was kind of a testament to, to how well um, healthcare services in general just just can adapt and go, right, okay, we'll have to do something, so we'll, we'll, we'll make this work. So I think that is, if anything, we already know that those the, those services can adapt to, to things like that. So I, I I expect this target to pick up a lot of pace and towards towards the finish. Um, and I think it probably will be achieved. Um, just uh, I mentioned before on on about the the national uh, meetings that you, that you've host, hosted yourself. Um, we set them up uh, at JAG, so if anyone's ever interested, if you check out our um, greener endoscopy page on the JAG website, you can find a link and, and sign up um, to, to one of Lee's meetings, which are fantastic. They, they're very informational and, and, and very good to listen to. Um, how, First of all, how did, how did you think to, to come about that idea? Um, yeah, so that was that was a bit um again it sort of came about by accident like most of these things that that we've done have come about by accident um i've always been um a person who didn't do social media at all and it was only very recently um uh, i was suggested that i should sort of get onto twitter which is is what i did um and it sort of came from there really because then lots of people started to get in touch with me um from the the environmental endoscopy posts and then of course um because it was a way of people to get in touch with me directly from the conferences that i had delivered and um so, uh, webinars i had done and all sorts of meetings i had attended um and then i realized that you know i was getting messages every day that really we need to do something you know about it so i actually just sort of did an email drop to people who were interested uh, um, to people who had already been in touch and said would you like to come to a meeting and um, at one point I had um, 60 people attend one of the meetings which I thought was fantastic from all over the country um, and actually a couple from in Europe as well which was was quite amazing and it it started from there really and the idea was that we had a couple of interesting um sort of presentations from from people who were key in the field um who provided with information and and looked at research and things that were coming about but then we decided that we should have a bit of an open forum as well so it, it gave an opportunity for people to discuss where they were where they wanted to be and have a free arena for questions really um and that's worked really really well and and that's probably the most valuable part to be honest um so now because it's become so big um that thankfully jag have taken that on for me so i don't have to um remember to email everyone now um and people can book in which is which is brilliant um and i think that's something that would we would definitely keep on going because we have new people coming all of the time the other thing i think from that is at the last meeting you may remember we had a discussion about a face-to-face conference and and i think or, or, or day um 
and I think that would be something that's that's really valuable because that there is something about coming together and having that sort of networking um, that gets a lot of ideas shared and that's what's going to be pivotal in taking the green endoscopy message forward, I think. So, yeah, that was, um, yep, yeah, unexpected again, but found to be really useful. Most of the uh, most of the best things are a bit unplanned and unexpected, aren't they? But um, no, I I really I I love the initiative. I think it's really good, um, and it gets a, a number of different people from around around the country and and together to talk about things that might be different in their trusts or, or or you know just in their areas. Really, um, you mentioned you've got a number of different places, so you you're more rural. Mine's a bit more urban, so there's a different different things even different recycling uh, abilities that you can you can yeah. do um so yeah so i i think it i think it's fantastic and again if anyone wants to wants to join you obviously check out our website and have a little look at that uh, and sign yourself up for the next one um you were mentioning there it's kind of an open forum as well um whilst i've got you here and i've asked this to every uh, person who's come on the podcast um just to give us their top tips um, so your question is going to be, what are your top tips for starting the journey towards a more sustainable service? Well, I think my number one top tip is, is have you get yourself a green team or a green champion. Um, I started off with one green champion, so someone who was interested um, in, in sort of environmental issues in each unit, because what that does is that helps generate enthusiasm with other people. Um, and now I have several in each unit because we need more. Um, so that that would be the top tip to start. Uh, even before you you start actually trying to to do anything like waste segregation or anything like that, generate the discussion, talk to people, um, ask it to become a standing item on your your EUG, and even at the huddle at the beginning of your lists, ask what are you going to do today to be more sustainable? How can you make this list greener? And those sort of things get the discussion going. I know they're probably more than one top tips, but those are um, those are the things that I think are really important, and that's to to create that enthusiasm before you actually start. Yeah, no, I'm I'm happy for for more tips uh, from yourself. Don't worry about just giving uh, more than one. Um, I've been asking that question uh, on Twitter, and we've had a couple of people get in touch and. Um, and, and tell us their journey and tell us how they've been doing which has been fantastic and i'll keep asking it because i always want to know how how easy it's been how hard it's been what challenges that they've faced I, I think that's really important because it helps other services go oh hang on this is might be what we face along the way um leah I'd just like to thank you for for coming on today i think it's been really helpful and i've really enjoyed it um, it's great to speak to you again Thank you very much for inviting me. It's been a pleasure. Um, and just a message to everyone, just just have a go. It's all it takes is just for somebody to try one thing. Um, and it's those little things that can make the biggest difference. Absolutely. And uh, to the listener, thank you uh, for listening today. We hope you found it informative. We have more interviews to help you and your service available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also keep up to date with all things JAG by checking out our website and you can check out our Greener Endoscopy page, which has got loads of useful information. It's got a few presentations from Lee as well and some other links to some other resources. And you can also find out about the National uh, Champions Meeting. And you can check out our Twitter at JAG underscore endoscopy. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. <laughs>